to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so happy that you're here. If you're new, episodes drop every Wednesday morning. And I'm Helen Denham. I'm an empowerment coach, meditation teacher, singer, songwriter, multi-hyphenate like most of us are these days. So as I'm recording this, we're just coming out of the 22222 cosmic portal. And as I think about these energies that have a lot to do with balance, I'm making an effort to rewire my thinking around balance into more of a harmonious viewpoint, shifting the word balance to harmony because harmony comes from a place of already being the essence that you desire and that you activate and that you wish to see in the world. And what makes me feel the most harmonious and in connection with life is nature and community. So I just spent the last weekend traveling up to Big Sur in California. And what I love most about this place is that when you enter Big Sur, you drop out of service for a good hundred miles. And I always go up there to camp and I bring my tent and I build a campfire for a couple nights and I just spend my days hiking and being near the water and really going inward. And what's so amazing is that you start to recognize the monkey mind and the mental chatter that is constantly present in our minds, even though we might not be realizing it because we are so distracted by social media, our emails, our work life, our family life, the, the houses we're living in all these things. So when you are able to drop off the grid and completely go back to nature and really have no option to even access the matrix in a way, you are given an opportunity to come face to face with who you really are. And when we're given this opportunity, we're also given the chance to drop into a place of gratitude and gentleness with ourselves because a lot of the looping thoughts that we begin to experience or notice that we're experiencing are coming from a place of just wanting to feel safe and we feel like the more that we think about an issue the more that we're going to be able to resolve it but i would invite you and encourage you to start to shift all of that chatter and all of that worry into a place of knowing that everything's gonna be okay, and that everything in our world is a manifestation of the energetic frequency that we're emitting and how deeply we are choosing to love ourselves. And that choosing comes from awareness. So if we can drop into a sense of awareness and just start to observe our patterns, we can start to unlock the uh, the root and the the gestation of where these patterns and these subconscious beliefs came from. So, so much of the work around this cosmic portal has to do with dropping into the work, noticing our conditioning, noticing our patterns, and starting to rewire those belief systems. So this could be a great opportunity to get out your journal and just start writing about, number one, what you're really proud of yourself for and noticing how much you've grown in the last year. And number two, what you're open and ready to receive, what you are ready to call in and actively envisioning yourself in that place already and extending gratitude for it already having happened. 
So those are some of my current reflections. And now let's shift into today's conversation. I'm so excited to be bringing you Jeroen DeWitt. He is such an amazing teacher. He does quantum healing hypnosis and has studied under Dolores Cannon directly, who you might have heard me talk about recently. I've been just obsessed with her teachings and her work. And I came across Arun with his teachings at the Den Meditation and was just so ignited by his energy and just sensed something so unique about him that I wanted to explore more and share with you guys. So in this episode, we go deep, of course. We talk about pain and transcendence and a spiritual awakening. And if you're listening to this episode, if you're here, you're probably experiencing symptoms of some kind of spiritual awakening or just having curiosity about what you're doing here. Like, what is life? What is your path? Why are you here and what are you exploring? So we talk about that and he's worked with so many clients and has done so much research around what the soul's journey is here. So I'll share with you a little quote that he drops in this episode. He says, ego is the traumatized personality. We are recovering the parts of us that are magical, the parts of us that transcend our conditioning. We learn to pivot our focus away from the opinions of the world to the grounding in the light that we are and our authenticity. We are here to know what it is to recover those parts. So enjoy this episode. I'm so grateful that you're here. I love you. In the meantime, while you're listening, you can find Yarun on Instagram at Yarun is love and I'm at Helen Denham underscore and at the lifted podcast. If you feel like a buddy might benefit from the information that you come across, please do send it along and I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first question I love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Um, I saw that question and I, I'm not a person that thrives with routines. So I, it changes. Like right now I'm doing like heart math, heart coherence, uh, breathing, and I do my gratitudes and um, setting intentions. It depends on if I, if I have a work day or not in my days off, I just do those. If I work, then I go through a routine of affirmations and setting up my energy field, um, calling in help. But that's a work day, like my day off right now is heart math and gratitudes. And that's it at this time. But sometimes, you know, for a while I go hiking or um, do meditation. Um, what else have I done? just trying to be in a moment in a beautiful space in my backyard, just looking up the trees and the sky and feeling the wind. Um, yeah, differs. I've done like several techniques or like online, you know, guided meditations or techniques, but right now this is what I do. Mm -hmm. Kind of intuitively let the path reveal itself to you. Yeah, after a while it usually is I stopped doing it and then I know it's time for something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You had yeah. mentioned um, heart coherence. What does that practice look like for you? It's actually an app and a little device that you clip onto your ear and it's like heart centered breathing and it tracks, it gives you biofeedback on your breathing and your coherence rate, like how well your mind and your heart are connected. And um, it really centers me in my heart for the day. I just did it just before this interview. And um, uh, yeah, it's like feel good vibes at, at the start of the day. Oh, uh, but I it's, love that. Breathing, it's just breathing through the heart. So to be do mindful breathing kind of. Beautiful. 
Well, Yaruna, I will have given a little introduction about who you are and what you have been working on, but I would love to hear it from you. Like, what has your spiritual journey looked like up until now? Whatever kind of version you want to give us. I know that's kind of a loaded question. Um, it's been a messy journey. Um, it started off back in, well, did it start off then? Well, it started maybe when I was eight years old, when I picked up a book on my mom's, she was a librarian and she would take home tons of books. And I found this book on her nightstand that was about out-of-body experiences. And um, I was interested and started reading it. And it kind of freaked me out thinking that I would wake up, you know, looking at looking down on myself, floating up at the ceiling. Um, but that was the first time that I, that I read about something that I kind of knew on the inside. Um, being in this world, there was no proof of these other worlds that I kind of felt connected to or that I was always looking for. And that was the first time that I saw that. And that was a really important moment to kind of provide proof that I'm not crazy, <laughs> that who I was um, was out there somewhere. Um, and then a whole years of nothing. Um, and then in 1996, I had what I now call my spiritual awakening which was a nightmarish episode of kind of a, a breakdown of the fragile ego structure that I had built up up until that time. And um, it just leveled the field for me to have to start healing myself. And that took years. And it's, I mean, it's, it's been an ongoing journey. Um, I wouldn't call it healing so much as expansion right now, but in the beginning it was definitely healing. And um, somewhere in my, inside of myself at the time, I knew that I couldn't go into, um, traditional medicine or take like, you know, psychiatric medicine. That was not for me at that time, but I need to work with energy healers and um, they came into my path one after another and therapists. I did um, bioenergetic, like body oriented therapy. I did Reiki, um, saw healers and um, through practicing Reiki, actually that turned me on to wanting to do this type of work myself. I, connected with the Reiki healer in Canada, who was very process oriented, meaning it was not just energy healing, but also um, sounding and um, letting suppressed feelings come in. And um, during my Reiki one initiation, I had a very visceral experience of what healing could feel like and the, um, the benefits of it. Um, in, my, in my level one initiation, my body started to convulse and tremble and shake and I started raging and yelling and crying. Meanwhile, my conscious mind that was so used to like keeping a lid on all of that throughout my years was saying like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, <laughs> stop acting so crazy. Um, but after that session was over, um, I felt like 10,000 pounds had lifted off my shoulders. This was a, a very important moment for me because it really, showed me that um, this healing stuff that I've been doing was actually helping. And in the process of working on other people at that time, I saw these beautiful healing processes emerge from one person to the next. They were very individualized, customized, very beautiful journeys where people go into past lives or very physical purging. I mean, whole spectrum, different experiences. And that really was a moment where, um, I just wanted to be involved with that as much as I could, that I wanted to have more of that for myself, but I also wanted to help people, other people to get to those, um, like more freedom within themselves. 
So I did that for a while and I accessed other healing modalities, other energy healing like quantum touch and EMF balancing technique. Um, I went to school to be an art therapist for a while. I had a degree in that. And then um, what else happened? This is kind of the short version of it. But through the years, I started feeling better and more grounded and anchored within myself. What I know now is that I'm here to incarnate with as many dimensions or layers as possible. Um, and that's what I was doing. In the beginning, I first needed to recover the more basic parts of our, hum of our humanity, um, to have access to my feelings, to learn how to be with my feelings, to express them, and to be in relationship with other people with my feelings. Um, I'm from a culture where that's not normal. I'm from the Netherlands. It's a very rational, cerebral culture. Um, so I needed to learn how to do this, kind of raise myself from the ground up um, or parent myself. And um, let's see, I'm trying to skip over a lot here, but um, then in 2006, I was at a friend's um, energy practice, getting some treatment. And there was a book on his coffee table with a little gray alien on the cover and it said custodians. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I started leafing through it. And this was written by Dolores Cannon and what she was writing about, it blew my mind, but in a way, kind of like that other book that I picked up where I recognized information that I knew to be true, even though I hadn't known this about myself, but it was true to me, it resonated. So I um, looked this lady up and found out she was teaching in The Hague in the Netherlands. I lived in Amsterdam, it's close, it's close to each other. So I was able to join that class um, at the time, Dolores Cannon wasn't a household name. She was just this little lady that traveled the globe and was teaching her technique. And I was able to take her class. And this was the first experience that I ever had of being in a learning situation where I was actually interested. You know, I was interested in being in this class and I was absorbing whatever this lady brought to the table through my pores. I was just ingesting it. I loved it so much and it resonated. Um, and this is the first time that I felt like the type of learning that made any sense, like going through the school system. I was a dropout. I dropped out at 16, went to an alternative school, didn't graduate, later did my, I think it's called like GEDs or been able to do my bachelor's. But yeah, school never make, made sense to me until I did uh, this technique. And um, I knew I wanted to do this. So um, I started focusing on this. And gradually, as my own healing continued, I was finally able to uh, do this work full time. And this is the bulk of the work that I do now and some energy healing on the side. But yeah, I, I love being in this space of healing continuously myself, but also to support others to, um, to embody more of themselves and to find their authenticity and freedom within their lives. Mm, amazing. I can't wait to get to Dolores with you, but I wanted to unpack a couple things that you were sure. mentioning before as well. So what was your upbringing like in growing up in the Netherlands? Um, was this was kind of spirituality and questioning consciousness talked about a lot? Or was it really like, you know, you mentioned finding the book, but were, did you feel a little bit like a black sheep in, in this realm? Or, or, or how did you really come into getting curious about this work without it being nurtured? Yeah, or was it? Mm -hmm. Good question. So yeah, I did feel like a black sheep. I did feel like I didn't belong. I felt very different. Um, many different of the as many different aspects of who I am did not fit in. I'm gay. I'm gender fluid or gender queer. 
Um, I have interest in things that people around me didn't have. I was a redhead, you know, more so when I was younger than now. It's kind of faded a bit. So I was teased with that. Um, there was all kinds of ways that I felt very different. And I always felt like I looked at society from the outside in. I never felt like I was part of it all. And um, the spirituality was not talked about in my family. I was raised a Catholic um, for a little bit, but it was kind of half-assed because my parents really didn't believe in it themselves. It was more like a cultural, we got to go to church. Um, I didn't find anything spiritual in church. It was just, you know, kind of dusty people standing up, sitting down, mumbling, getting that little waver and a little sip of the diluted wine. And then that was it. It was just a thing that you had to go through. So, but I always wondered about it. And um, as a kid, it's kind of funny. My, my dad used to be like an altar boy. And so he had his little supplies from doing that. And I was like always like in love with the pictures of the saints with their halo behind their back. And I was like, oh my God, these people, they must be amazing. And so my little, my little kid's mind, I was like, I'm in love with Jesus. <laughs> you know? <laughs> because it was something, I'm speaking of something spiritual. Um, uh, so yeah, that was the, the only moments where I felt sort of like, sort of connected to something, something bigger, not knowing what that looked like or what kind of, or the limited representation that I could find uh, for it. Um, yeah, but the society is quite rational and cerebral. It's one of the least religious nations on the planet, which has its, its advantages, but also disadvantages. You know, we don't believe a whole bunch of stuff unless we can, you know, prove it and feel it and touch it. Um, yeah, so, I was both lucky with that, but also it it um, was sometimes difficult to to start trusting the other information that started coming through who who I was. I was kind of this internal fight a little bit. Um, going back to your question, did I answer it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you about your kind of ego breakthrough and what you were referring to as your awakening, because because I think so many of us can recognize that both within ourselves and see it in our parents, perhaps, or people that we know. I mean, I watched my mother and myself go through these huge shifts, um, same exact, you know, same patterns of, do we take uh, medicine? Do we go down this route? And so how did you come to a place of both forgiveness for yourself and, and willingness to step into this healing modality that was going to serve you in a better way? Like, was there guidance that you had to shift you with? Like, how did you not crumble under the intensity of, of something like that happening? I don't know. I, I mean, I was kind of prompted or cattle prodded forward by feeling horrible. You know, when the spiritual awakening happened, this wasn't, you know, rainbows and, rainbows and unicorns and kittens. It was a nightmare. I, I was in a, um, I was at Landmark Forum and trying to get more access to a life that felt like me. And what it did for me, it stripped me of the, I had built my life around um, being checked out. I didn't know how to be on the planet. And so how I made myself feel good was to try to fit in and accommodate and do my best to be normal and not, not knowing how to acknowledge myself at all. There was hardly anything there to, to, to begin with. And so Landmark somehow made this clear for me. Um, at that moment, I didn't know what was happening. I just thought I was going crazy. I just felt like um, every breath and every step I took was a lie. Um, I was enrolled in dance um, 
dance school at the time. I was going to become a dancer. And it was really hard to be in the body. I could feel like my energy wasn't there. Um, so, you know, at the time I thought I should just kill myself because I just didn't know how to live one moment to the next. It was too painful. Um, but, you know, my guidance, I guess, brought these teachers and healers onto me or into my space. And um, I was able to feel better gradually. So that kept me kind of going for a while. And at one, at some point, um, I gained back um, a part of myself or my authenticity. And it was kind of like um, where the scales tipped in my favor, where I felt like, oh, okay, this is how I can do life. I can do life being myself. It's just about, you know, recovering who I am through different healing techniques. That's going to make me feel better. And so, um, yeah, so in the beginning it was prompted by pain. And then later on, it was like um, wanting more of that expansion and freedom and authenticity that I had tasted. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because, you know, suicide, I've been very curious about as well, because I've lost a couple of friends to suicide. I've been suicidal myself. I've known a lot of people to go through this. And it's often just feeling, we, we feel uncomfortable on this planet. Like you were saying, it's, it's how do we live here? And I love how uh, Dolores explains uh, suicide and how it just, it doesn't really, it just kind of like plops you right back in if you need to learn the lesson. And it offered a lot of freedom and kind of almost gamified this life for me in my head when I discovered her work and a lot of other people's works that like, okay, this is just kind of like, we can have a little more fun here. We can find a, a way to like play the game in a different way. Um, so when you found Dolores's work, what, what kind of expanded for you? You mentioned finding the book and then um, having the opportunity to, to learn with her. What was your experience like with Dolores? Um, I mean, the class at the time was short. It was like a three-day class. So I got to meet her, excuse me, for three days. Um, I mean, I was delighted. Um, I, I thought the contrast between how she looked and what would come out of her was so funny. I mean, she looked like a little white Midwestern church lady with a little perm, you know, and then she opens her mouth and all just like, what? This galactic stuff falls out that I really enjoyed. And um, I don't know, like she seemed so wise and so matter of fact in the knowledge that she shared and really grounded and confident in it. And it was so inspiring to me. Um, yeah. So both her personality and the way she taught and what she taught was all, I mean, I, I just ate it up. It was good. Mm, so she teaches the hypnosis technique that you now use, right? Yes. And what does that look like? What does that practice look like when you're working with people? So it's quantum healing hypnosis technique. And um, when I work with people in one-on-one -on -one sessions, they're about five hours long. And um, so I ask people to bring in a list of questions about their life, stuff they want healing for or answers to. It could be, what's my life purpose is a very popular question. Um, what am I to do with my career? Or why did XYZ happen in my life? Um, why am I having such a shitty life? Um, what's going on with my physical ailments, emotional stuff? Can be anything regarding their lives. And then first we sit down and just talk about the current lifetime for about an hour and a half to two hours go over the questions, then they lay down on a comfortable padded massage table. All of your clothes are on except for your shoes, they're off, you're under a light cover. Then I take you through the induction um, to get your mind very, very relaxed. And then I say, what do you see? And um, people start describing different experiences. And it ranges from 
what we see as past lives um, to galactic lives, alien lives, um, creator being lives, God, goddess lives, um, inanimate object lives, um, animal lives on this planet or other planets. Um, I mean, it's still expanding the possibilities of what people can or what consciousness can experience or go into to have a learning experience. It's yeah, I'm a Gemini. I don't do well with routine. And so for me, it's different every day. It's like I'm watching another episode of a of a great science fiction flick, you know, every every day when I work with my clients. So we explore one or more different lifetimes. And then that is followed by me calling forth a person's higher self or, or subconscious mind, we call it. And, um, and then I ask it these, these questions about, well, why did you give him this random experience today of being in an alien body? What is this about? How is that healing? And then uh, in that process, we get their questions answered and healing is often given to these people. And then that wraps it up. It takes about five hours. Amazing. Are you seeing any similar patterns come through with your clients? Any, any similarities that, that are called forward to help you understand like what this life experience is all about? Are there any patterns that come up? Yeah. So um, both in my own healing journey and what I see in my clients' lives is that we come in knowing who we are. As babies, we have access. We're feeling ourselves. You know, we're God, source, creator, and body. And this is a this is a, a feeling, you can see it as in these little ones. When you look into a baby's eyes, it's quite clear to me um, that you're looking at a part of source. And then the journey starts where we learn to shut our light down through either the violences that we're aware of or being in this world where, you know, our existence that we've designed, it's based on cruel systems of thinking. And when I say cruel, meaning we don't, encounter we don't get the welcome of being welcomed as we are you know we're all very very different and this is what we're here for to live god source creator as you and as me as the next person but that's not the welcome that we encounter because we are with parents that haven't gone through their own healing journey maybe they haven't found their own authenticity they were taught to do survival on the planet and what that means is that you're not allowed to focus on yourself or to really celebrate who you are instead you're going to have to fit into whatever standards norms constructs we're given and i see this happening in all of us and these two people that i work with that we bit by bit chip away at our light when we turn about five years old that's taken place um and then we're kind of led into this codependent mindfuck that we've all been part of where we perceive that our value is based on performance and behavior um, and presentation and this is how we navigate life. We always have to look at ourselves from the outside in to make sure that we fit into whatever social uh, situation we're in, how we're gonna act, how we're gonna present to be able to be safe. Yeah, there's this, I was thinking about it this morning actually, I think like ego, people call ego is the traumatized personality that's based on unsafety and being, being unheard and unseen. And so, the work that I do, QHHT, it lends itself really well to recovering the part of us that is, I call it magical. What I call magical is the parts of us that are beyond what we have been taught a human being should be like or should act like or should look like to have people gain access back to their authenticity. And so this is the pattern that I'm seeing that we come in 
feeling ourselves, then we shut it down. Then life, we do life that way. And at some point it starts to get really uncomfortable. We're sometimes getting backed into a corner where we can't do anything else uh, based on what we've been doing. And then we have to access another way of being, you know, spiritual awakening happens. We start to access different forms of healing. We finally learn to um, pivot our focus off of the voices of the world as a point of reference about who we should be and how we should act to starting to trust that we are here to, you know, to love ourselves. And when we do so, we're grounding or anchoring or becoming available to more of the light that we are. You know, there's nothing wrong with any of us. We have cherry picked all of our personality traits and aspects to do life as source on this planet as you and as me and as the next person. So instead of shutting that down, we're here to, I think we're here to know what it is to recover those parts bits, bit by bit by bit. This is the journey of, of loving yourself. The more that you do so, the more that you gain access to your wisdom, your identity, um, your joys, your specificity, your genius, um, and your life purpose. And how wonderful that when we do so, we become an inspiration to other people to do the same thing for them. Whatever we do, whatever we choose to do with our time, whatever we, whomever we choose to interact with, it's going to be spiked with that mist, with that wisdom of having recovered those parts of yourself. People will feel it, notice it, and will be inspired to do the same for themselves. Mm -hmm. It's so exciting and refreshing to hear you talk about us coming in and, and having chosen to go through this experience as, as the embodiment that we are. Where do you think uh, free will comes into play on this planet? Um, you don't have to do you don't have to do what you set out to do. You know, this is quite a wonderful place where the learning is done through bumping around, I think. We learn through contrast in this particular plane. So um, it is the freedom to try out different things and see if they're dead ending or if they're bringing you something. So I think free will often looks like, like myself, like I was in, I was a, um, a love addict. And so I would, um, I would find codependent relationships all the time. I mean, I've dated so many guys. And um, so the free will here is to like try another one. I would tell myself, well, it's just going to be my list of intentions. This is what the next guy is going to look like. I'm sure, you know, the next one will be it. And then, you know, I could see the cycle start to happen again of me kind of making myself small, accommodating him, his interests, um, keeping my own feelings at bay, it would just start to happen again. So the free will here is you can do as many as of those as you want. As an example, if you can access different experiences that might not serve you, um, at some point, you know, it, it hit home, I, I hit my rock bottom and I said, okay, this, this doesn't work, work anymore. So to, when you ask me that question, I think free will is the opportunity to try out different things and to make mis make mistakes. I don't I, I hesitate to call them mistakes, but to try out many different things and then to learn from them um, and to not have a, you know, a set path set forth where you can only do certain things. Um, that is not this place. I and I guess the mistake is, is just getting course corrected, right? To stay on, on the path of alignment for yourself. Is that, would that make sense? saying that, like, I, I'm thinking about everybody who's wondering, like, what am I doing? What is my purpose? I have all these different interests. Like, what am I doing here? Is there one thing? Like, how would you help someone navigate that thought process? Yeah, I, 
I think looking back, there were always on living our purpose because we're always living source as we are. We're just accessing different experiences and there's always learning that takes place. Um, but if you want to have an experience of being more aligned with what you came here to learn, what the lesson is and what it feels like to access the wisdom that's beyond it, then um, I would look at the parts of your life that feel like joy. Um, I think to me, that's the easiest way to relate to, our, to, to myself. It's what I found because joy is easy. It's not looking for the shadow parts or killing ego or, you know, working with the negative parts of ourselves, which is all fine. The easiest part, the easiest way to relate back to myself that I found is to access experiences that feel good just for fuck's sake, not because I'm being rewarded or being acknowledged or being heard or seen by somebody else, but just because it's nurturing to me. So for me, that is being in nature, being with my cat, um, being present in the moment and noticing beauty. Um, it is working with my clients. It is going on drives, um, going to the desert, um, swimming, being in water, being at the beach. Uh, what else? Eating good food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the things that I, that I love to do for no other reason that it feels good to me. Why that leads us into our purpose, I think, is because we are feeling ourselves and hearing ourselves and seeing ourselves in those moments. We're in relationship with ourselves rather than saying, well, no, don't do that. Go to your horrible job and feel like shit with like a toxic work space. Um, so the more that we learn to, I think, to access this sense of self, the more that we feel, the more that we have this present as another leg to stand on, to reflect back on when we have other experiences, we can start to acknowledge our truth in the midst of it all and say, well, you know, that job doesn't really serve me. It feels kind of horrible. I'm really hearing my feelings and um, I want to make some changes. So purpose to me feels good. It's not a magical job description that has been written down in, you know, God's big book and you just missed a memo and you got to figure it out what it is. Like, as an example, like, what if it had written down that you're supposed to be a claims adjuster? I mean, if you love being a claims adjuster, more power to you, but it's like the most horrible, boring job to me. <clears throat> and then when you find that out, you're just going to have to go and do it. Like, here's some little pawn for God to like do its bidding here. That's not how, to me, that's not how it works. You are here to live God as you, and that feels good because you gain access to who you are and you get to channel all of those experiences doing the stuff that you love to do this is what's come forth for me okay my friends popping in for a second to talk about confidence confidence i have learned is a skill that is built over time and a remembering of who we really are and our authenticity and that takes attention and intention so I've created a course for you. It's called Cultivating Confidence, an eight-module self-mastery course, which includes transformational workbook prompts, guided visualization meditations, EFT emotional freedom tapping, and energetic clearing practices, and so much more. So if you want to check it out, see if it resonates with you, you can head over to HelenDenham.com and you'll find it under course. Thanks so much for being here. Back to the episode. And it's an ongoing journey to me. It's still peeling away the layers of trauma and um, internalized um, judgments or not feeling good enough. That is 
I'm going to me. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Do you perceive that we have guidance around us? Does each person have like guides that are with them, ancestors that are close by? Like, this is my, my question about connecting with maybe ancestors particularly to focus on, because if we're all going through our own karma and coming back into different bodies to learn lessons, do we have um, guidance around us in this lifetime with ancestors who have passed or are they already in their next journey? Like, can you help us wrap our minds around our, like our team, our spirit team and, and what energies are around us? Well, I, you know, I can say that I know the truth because I'm focused in this human experience right now. And I just have my own experiences and my clients' experiences. But what it looks like from my perspective is that, well, first of all, that stuff in other dimensions doesn't work the way that our human mind likes to quantify and qualify things. It's, there seems to be more flux and flow and there's not categorized, well, this is ancestors, aliens, guides, angels. It might be all the same thing. I don't know. I think it's for the comfort of our human experience that sometimes they come in looking more like one thing or another. So we have something to relate to because that's how we used to do things. But um, yeah, from my perspective, there's definitely guidance. Um, you know, I talk to all kinds of people and I hear some really amazing experiences of people that have actually met beings in the flesh that were angels that showed up for just a brief moment to get them out of really gnarly situations or taken aboard spaceships where they met their star family or as a kid having an imagine imaginary friend which was turned out turns out to be a guide um people that see fairies that are with them um angels so I've never, because it's a, it's a question people ask when they come into their sessions about their guidance. I don't think I've ever heard the higher self say, no, there's no guidance for them here. Yeah. Um, there's usually like a large group of beings that are around us that try to inspire us, try to make us feel things, um, try to guide us through our lives and, and give us signs. Like a lot of people now see the number sequences or feathers or pennies or um, hummingbirds I've heard um, and people start also start to be able to to hear their guidance or to feel it or being nudged um, that's becoming more more present I, I think at this time so yeah definitely from my perspective guidance is all around us whether you call it ancestors angels star family there's all kinds of uh, guidance there are there any practices that we could start doing on a daily basis that would just get us closer to source energy and our highest activation of self? What, what do you do on a daily basis to stay in alignment and, and stay connected? Um, to me, it means to love yourself because you already are source. And it's just about, not just about, like it's very simple, but it's about um, wanting to 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 love that or be with that um so when you do that you get to know the more subtle dimensions of your own being and when you do so you're going to connect with the life that's on that that on that's on that level um so yeah there's nothing to fix other than um being present with yourself and that's best done in solitude to me you know, because when you're alone in nature or in another space that's beautiful, that's inspiring, you can feel yourself. You can hear yourself. And um, yeah, 
how do I do this? I love I, your answer though, because it's so beautifully simple. Like we are source energy and feeling any kind of separateness from us. It's just not even reality because we are source incarnated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that we have to be better or fix ourselves. I think it is about strengthening the relationship with who you are, feeling yourself, seeing yourself, hearing yourself. And then these other levels of connectedness will show up because once you've kind of squared away the more dense parts or aspects of your personality, you know, being able to be with your feelings and expressing them and feeling yourself at some point, the more subtle parts of you start to make their appearance because you're now present with it instead of always listening to the external determinants of who you should be, how you should act, how you should present. Now you're listening for who you are. And so when you do that, um, these other, all these parts of you that you were unable to acknowledge at an earlier age will make their appearance and say, hello, you know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like from, for myself, when I, I was depressed for a long time in my, before my healing journey started and afterwards. Um, but once I sort of healed that part more or less, um, I, you know, once that was done, I noticed that whenever I was feeling sad or depressed, that it wasn't my, wasn't my feelings. I was picking up something, you know, human consciousness or something from my clients. Or um, what I learned is that um, for me, that sometimes like that people would start like knocking on my door. Um, and people that were kind of lost or in the in-between state and they didn't know they had died and they somehow saw me as like he can help us you know and so i did i wouldn't know that they were there but i would feel like despair or franticness and then i would check in with my husband he was a really good akashic records reader and he would see like oh my god there's this person hanging out it's like you know he would describe their personality and why i was feeling the feelings i was feeling and we would just usher him into the light. And then I could feel this like vortex pulling out of me and then I would feel fine. So the more I learned to listen to who I was and accommodate these ever subtle layers of myself and learning to um, take care of them, just like you put clothes on your body, I learned to you know, take care of my energy bodies or a, a level of it. Um, and um, yeah, those were my healing experiences to learn to lean into or accommodate and, and love the, the more subtle parts of myself. Did I, did I go off track here? I feel like I would No, great, yeah. great thing. Great point to bring up as well, because it's like the more that you know yourself and you're, when you're in your peace and your joy, you can recognize subtle frequencies that aren't in matching you and clear them out. I also wanted to ask you too about the different realms that happen. I mean, I've, I've, had a few people on that have talked about um, people not knowing that they've died, like under anesthesia or they're overdosing or something happens where they don't even know that they have left their body and then they enter this kind of like subtle realm. Like, can you help us understand the different like realms that we go through as we, as we go through like perhaps a death cycle? Like, what does that look like to you? So I don't see it as well. There's round one, two, you know, different numbers or very defined different spaces. Um, yeah, it's for, to me, it's more like an um, uh, an ever extending dimensional space with different experiences. Um, and the physical one is just one of them. 
And so when we check out of our body, then um, based on my experiences with clients, then, um, you know, dying in itself doesn't seem to be a big deal. It's just like taking off a coat. And I ask people like, what is it like to no longer be in that body? Everybody goes like, oh my God, I feel so great. It's so free and oh, what a relief to no longer do that. Um, and there's a couple of options that can happen that I've seen, but those might not be the only options. I don't know. Um, so oftentimes people go to a dark space or a dark void or like a galactic space where they're just consciousness. And this happens, this seemed to happen, seems to happen when the life was difficult and the wheels kind of came off. So there is a space of when I ask people like, what are you doing here? They go like, I feel like I'm waiting and kind of like coming back to myself. It's a space where there's like no external input. So people can start to recombobulate and I guess feel themselves as consciousness again. And then oftentimes there is this space of coming home where there's the light. There might be loved ones from the current lifetime or different lifetimes. Um, or people are kind of snatched up by their star family. That also happens. Like, hey, you're back. Um, so they they die and then they're floating in this dark space and then they might go back to their home planet or they might find themselves aboard a spaceship and it's like, high five, you were just gone for two minutes, you know. <laughs> Let's debrief, How, what was it like? So there's different options that seem to be able to, to happen. I don't know that there is a, a set trajectory for everyone. Um, it seemed to different from one person to the next, but those are the ones that I can recall right now. And there might be more of them that I can remember um, that people go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's reminding me of a meditation I was actually doing with uh, Catherine Schiff the other day. And she, she has you just notice how much of your consciousness is even in your body and like, and rate it on a scale you know, one to a hundred percent. And it's amazing as I was doing that, I was like, whoa, I'm only like 40% here. So like actively calling in all of my energy um, from every other person and all my surroundings. And so when you say that you're maybe in this void um, where you're coming back into consciousness, it just reminds me of that, like that we are experiencing that now sometimes as well, where we need to recenter and, and call our energy back. Um, I would love to talk to you too about our interdimensional and star families that are around us. Like, are there um, beings and interdimensional entities that you're connecting with more often? Like, is there any, any family Maybe. that you're working with? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's coming out and, and up for you personally and with your clients? Well, I don't have any like visceral experiences that I'm aware of in this lifetime. I've been told that I've had some, but I don't have access to it. My journey here is to incarnate as many, many different dimensions um, as I can while I'm here alive. Um, I've always been very connected to the other realm. And for me to get an experience of home or those beings, um, I, I'm, I don't want it. I feel like it would pull me out of what I'm here to do, which is to be incarnate. Um, so actually just had a client be told this yesterday, like she was asking about her guidance and it, said, it was saying the same thing. She's not right now, this is not a good time for her to meet her guidance because she'd want to go back home. She wouldn't want to stay here. Um, but I've learned for myself that, um, that I've been around the block, you know, and this is not uncommon. This is a normal experience. I see everybody as having those experiences but we might not be aware of them. Um, but I resonate the most with like Pleiadian energy and um, Sirius. Um, 
but people are finding out about Andromedan um, ancestry or lineages, Arcturian, or places that we have no words for. Like yesterday, I was talking to some being on a ship to my client, and I asked them, like, do you, what is your home space? Where do you come from? Or what's your origin? Is there a word for that that people would know? And they go, no. <laughs> you know, it's like, so from my perspective, there are lots of different star beings from different places. Um, and there's only a few that we have names for because they seem to be more common. Uh, but yeah, so Andromedans, Ecturians, Pleiadians, um, what is the one? Centauri, I forgot the name of it. Alpha Lemurians. Centauri. Yeah, I mean, Lemurians is more like related to our own Earth history. Um, mm. uh, but as far as star family, that, um, yeah, those are the ones that, that we have names for that make their appearance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find that they're kind of watching Earth like a TV show in a way? Or, or, or why are they even interacting with us uh, or, or keeping an eye on us? Um, there's so many different ways that that seems to play out. So a lot of them have been involved with Earth from the start. They might have been part of the architects of building a physical planet or or, see, or taking care of the, um, the atmosphere, making sure that it could sustain life. They might be cosmic gardeners and be involved with um, starting flora on our planet. Um, or they might have contributed their DNA to fashioning this human being. And there have been different restarts and different, different human expressions, different bodies on this planet that were kind of, you know, experiment failed so restarted um so there has been this history with from different from these different star families but with the history of our planet and with humanity and then also there's beings that kind of um got called in like last minute when um um when things got a little dicey on the planet when we were you know trying to ascend, but also getting more access to technology and ascending and destroying, you know, it's been like, like this. And so they came in and said, well, we gotta, we gotta come help out because earth is a pivotal planet in the multiverse. Apparently it's connected energetically or interdimensionally to many other different planets and destruction here would, would ripple out and it would have, um, um, detrimental effects on other worlds as well so that is a reason why they're here but also because this is also what these beings do they always tell me like oh it's not just earth that we're watching or taking care of or helping out there's many many different earths and don't feel bad like earth is not the worst off <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's what i've heard several times um and so the ways that they seem to do this is to send love to the planet to observe and to see what human consciousness is doing to learn from for the from themselves but also to to know how to interact or to intervene better and then um to put people on the ground and that's people like yourself and like me and the next person that you might meet that are walking around here thinking you know i'm a human being what's the big deal and then but part of your lineage or part of the Part of the self that you know um, 
is bringing in this dimension or vibration or this inner knowing you might not know the planet that you're from the people that you're from but there might be the sense of well i know that life can be done in a different way i somehow know that it's supposed to be more compassionate more loving you know um, i kind of reverse engineering my life finding out now who i am and what i'm here to do looking back at experiences that i had as a child i i for sure noticed that when i noticed um like i would watch the news and see how things were done on this planet i was like oh fuck you know this is not at all what i perceived it would be um and um and then my connection to animals and nature um so those moments i kind of see now as as part of my other world deepness um that i'm bringing in through the, the my being here on this planet and i see that happening in other people as well and you know people sometimes know that they are from that space they have actual physical contact with them they remember being taken aboard ships um or being visited or traveling in interdimensional spaces and encountering them and you know if it's not if it's not something that they remember it happens in sessions and i'm witnessing it and it's the coolest thing i love that the most Oh, your work seems so cool. I really, I was really truly inspired by you as well. When I was just reading through your work, I was like, I want to train in this someday. Um, it just seems like what an experience to witness people's unraveling. Oh my gosh. Do you find that as a collective, do you really think that we're going through an ascension collectively and activating like six senses, seven senses, and, and really up leveling as a global community? Or do you think we're just in kind of a niche here and we're all talking about the same thing? But do you see a huge shift happening on a planetary level? Yes. Yes. I, I, I do. Um, I'm hesitating because. I have so many different ways of thinking about this because I also think there is kind of a, a narcissism to humanity to us to think that all of us always are living in the times when it's happening. You know, when you look at history, like there was always the people, the dooms, the doomsday people saying, well, it's going to end now, it's going to end tomorrow when the last days, and this has been going on for centuries, you know? So, but I do think that we're in an in a steeper incline into ascension that we are leveling up quicker now um i mean this is what i hear over and over in my sessions and my colleagues and dolores cannon that the spiritual awakening that we're in right now um yeah to me it means that we are here to take our power back in the sense of loving who we are, to finally learn to acknowledge who we are, to find that we are divine, you know, that we, when we release the self-judgments, when we purge the cruel psychology that we had to internalize and the survival-based existence, what we're finding, you know, when you do that is that you are source. And so to me, the awakening is not so much accessing a new doctrine or a new belief when you step out of your tight religious upbringing or cultural upbringing and then you go well oh it must be spiritual guru this or or that or QAnon or whatever it is you know as a new frame of thinking that you can now like look up to and say oh my god this has got to be the next truth and that is i think that's just the first step of awakening 
to realize that there is another way of thinking. But then what needs to happen or what is happening, thank, thank God, or yeah, is that when you drop back into the heart, when you learn that the act of latching on to a new way of thinking is that's not the end, that's not the end all. Then we need to create space in our bodies again, in our hearts, to drop into compassion towards all these aspects of self. And when you do this, you know, you become aware of how you've perpetuated the cruelty that you were taught towards yourself. And you will want to stop doing that towards yourself. And just as you get to know yourself as a valuable being, as source and God, you'll know that everything else is too. You know, other human beings, animals, the planet, everything. Um, so you will want to stop harming that as well. And it'll be easier to connect from a heart space rather than to still live in the categories of the mind while they're believing that or this or they're doing that or that. So I got to, you know, be take, take up arms or be judgmental or tell them that they're wrong or preach at them, stuff like that. Um, that will become unnecessary. You can just love people for the journey that they're having at this time. Mm -hmm. uh, so that and I'm sitting here saying that like of course I do this every day <laughs> no <laughs> you know I get very judgy and you know I notice those thoughts still happening but I know that I've had experiences where I was opposite of that and that's really where I want to live so that's the direction that I want my life to go into mm -hmm. it also seems like people are not as afraid of dying as they used to be. Like maybe in, in, you know, in our parents' generations and before they were having their own kind of like revolutions and psychedelic revolutions and starting to get to know these different realms and themselves. But I definitely noticed that people are kind of stripping away a lot of fear around passing and, and really recognizing themselves as spirits having a, a physical experience. So yeah, this is, it's very exciting to be <laughs> in this community and, and watching it unfold. Um, finally, is there anything that you're reading or watching, anything that's particularly inspiring you or, or uh, spiking your curiosity right now? I saw that question and I, I'm always like embarrassed to say that I don't have, like I don't watch YouTubes about spiritual stuff or read anything um, because of the type of journey that I've had. I've been really trying to... Um, curate my own voice and my own message um, and so I don't I used to do this quite a bit like in, in a different part of my spiritual journey I would access what was it at the time like Cryon and um, um, Esther Hicks Abram Hicks oh yeah mm -hmm. I remember that um, and reading online this was in the late 90s whatever I could find um, I remember John Volo, Melchizedek, mm. um, lots of channeled information. I forgot what it was. But right now, I'm, I mean, I'm getting my fail through the work that I do. Um, and then after that, I just want to like, you know, be in nature or have a snack or so. I saw your question. I was saying like, what voice resonates with me? Like Matt Kahn, who is like a local. Yeah. yeah, I really love his his message. I really resonate with that. So if I catch that, it probably will be you know, watching that, but that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I bet that, I mean, every client that you have is a teacher in and of itself, like you get yes. new information coming out there every, every day. <laughs> so <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah. It, Matt Kahn, Drunvalo, those were all instrumental teachers for my own experience as well. I love that you mentioned them. 
Nice. I really enjoy like finding out about, I'm sorry, are we out of time? No. Like one of my favorite aspects of this work is finding out about our history here. Um, and John Velo was kind of um, key in that when I started my journey, but also through my clients, I love finding out about experiences that humanity has gone through that are not documented in our like standard history. Like a client the other day described that she was part of the experience on a planet that is no longer here in our solar system that she called Mulduck. And um, it was blown up. And these souls were allowed to come to Earth to continue their 3D learning experiences. But because the kind of souls that they were, they kind of put a drag on energy here on Earth and it caused us to go deeper into ego than was planned to be. And she described being part of Mu and Atlantis and Lemuria and now being on the planet here to help um, raise the frequency. Wow. Can you remind us too, I mean, while we're mentioning Lumeria, um, what was Lumeria, was it connected to Atlantis? I always have trouble remembering what the history of Lumeria was here. Um, It seemed to be um, a land or a continent that was before Atlantis. Um, She spoke of, it's hard to remember, um, it was destroyed as well. And I think after that, Atlantis came. And Atlantis was um, a space where people really got into their psychic powers and it's, and, it, and it at some point disconnected them from source. They gave, become power hungry and started kind of doing the things that we're doing now with technology um, that is just about like ex- um, controlling our external realm and not really being connected to, to the source that we are. And it blew them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard Shaman Durek explain this as um, they got really skilled with harnessing sound and created such huge sound waves that it um, really messed with the environment, created huge tidal waves. And it's just interesting to get into because they were they were mirroring a lot of what we're working on now and experimenting with even animals and, and humans. I've heard Dolores talk about, too. But, yeah, there's so many interesting things to unravel even just on this planet. So many interesting things. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I get my feel. Like every day is like, wow, what was this? And then, yeah. So that's why I don't, I don't listen to so much. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So Yeroon, where can people find you? And if they'd like to work with you, can they work with you? Of course. Yeah. I'm here in Los Angeles in the Valley. Um, So people can find me through my website, Yeroon QHHT, J-E-R-O-E-N. Um, QHHT or my Instagram is um, my first name, J-E-R-O-E-N. My affirmation is love. So Yeroon is love. That's my Instagram. Um, And then um, I do group sessions at the Den uh, every two months or so. So you can find me there. Go to denanywhere.com and and different places around town. So I also work through Liberate Yourself and the Mindry in Malibu. You want to get a taste of what it's like like a group session, you can join in those ways, both in person or online. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. It's so exciting to, to speak with you and just, you know, you're so articulate and have a wonderful way of explaining what, what's going on here. Very comforting. Well, it's just my, it's just my personal perspective. You know, I don't, this is not the gospel. This is just my experience. So sure. but yeah, hopefully it resonates with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It sparks joy, which I think is important. Okay, good. That's all I want to do. Right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much.
All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. Of course, everything we chatted about is linked in the description below. Couple little things on my end. I'm teaching meditation with Unplug and The Den on Sundays, so you can find me there. And I'm guiding you through higher self-visualizations, chakra balancing, loving kindness, all the good stuff. On my website, HelenDenham.com, you can find links to my course, Cultivating Confidence, all the past podcast episodes, links to my music. You can sign up for my self-care Sunday newsletter, which goes out every week. I love sending that to you guys and so much more. So sending you so much love. Thanks for being here. Have a beautiful rest of your day or your evening, wherever you are. And I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye. Thank you.